Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. If there's one topic that people don't want to talk about, it's death. Not so strange in one way. As creatures of a loving God, we were all meant to live. Who would want to introduce the subject of death into our active and vibrant lives? Well, nobody really, but death comes anyway, doesn't it? And given the fact that 100 out of 100 people die, the odds are pretty well stacked against us from the start. Why not take a moment to think about it? What happens after death? Where will you go after you die? In today's broadcast, speaker Jim Jarvis takes up this subject. But with a Savior available to us all, the subject is not all doom and gloom. There is wonderful hope in the Christian message that you will find nowhere else. And it's all because there is a living Savior who himself once was dead, who is able to take away the sting of death for the believer. Take time to listen today, won't you? Maybe the next 30 minutes will be the time when you prepare for that great appointment. Luke chapter 13 and verse 1. There were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answering said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you, nay... But except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Or those eighteen upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them, think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, nay. But except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Of course, these are the words of the Lord Jesus. Let's read another verse in Romans chapter 6. Verse 23. For the wages of sin is death... But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, my subject tonight is is very simple. It's the subject of life and death. Life and death. Two of the most important things that we deal with every day. The struggle to live and, of course, the reality of death that we all have to face. Oftentimes, we are presented with the article of death in a way that alarms us and just seems to bring us up short, just leaves us speechless. Since coming here uh, just a few days ago, uh, I have heard of some that have passed away. And we just stop short and think, but you know, how quickly do we just move on? How quickly does it just seem to fade from our thinking and we get on with our lives? There were those in the days of the Lord Jesus in Luke chapter 13, and they had some ideas about that people face when they come to death. They had ideas about why this happens. Why did these people that Pilate slew, obviously deliberately, this is an act of deliberate violence in Luke 13 and verse 1, Pilate mingled their blood with their sacrifices. They were deliberately slain. And the 
assumption was that they must have been great sinners. Well, the Lord said, suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans? He said, no, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. And then he went on to say, what about those 18 individuals that the Tower of Siloam fell on? An accident took place. Walking along, likely minding their own business or uh, engaged in commerce or whatever, and suddenly a tower topples and falls and 18 of them are slain. When it's all over, 18 bodies. Do you suppose they were greater sinners than all the rest that escaped? The Lord Jesus said, no, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Do you know what he's saying? The way they ended their life, the manner, the way it happened, that had nothing to do with whether they're in heaven or in hell. The only question was, did they have a time in their life when they repented, when they faced their sin and accepted God's provision? That's all that mattered. So whether those Galileans that were caught up in that violence when Pilate descended on them, some of them no doubt were hardened sinners, there might have been those that had repented among that group. The same with the 18 that the Tower of Siloam slew. Some of them may have been truly repentant and had a time when they came to know the truth and accept God's provision. Others perhaps didn't have it. But that is really all that mattered. When it came to their death, was there a time in their life when they knew true repentance? I wonder if you faced the reality of your death because it is going to overtake every single one of us in this meeting tonight, sooner or later. We'd all like to think that we're going to live a long life, but then, you know, we stop and we look at those who are up uh, perhaps in their 90s, and oftentimes we think, I don't want to live that long. You see what they're coping with and what they're going through. And I've talked to some. I talked to my mother. She's not quite up that, that high. She's only in her mid-80s. Do you know what she tells me? Not every time I phone her, but almost. She's a born-again Christian, and she's a, a happy Christian. But she tells me over and over, I'm just praying for the Lord to take me home. She feels that she has lived her life, and now she's coping with all these the effects of her old age, and she's just longing to be at home with the Lord. Well, I think to myself, you know, you begin to think about what's left in your life and you realize, you know, all that really matters as I think back 42 years ago when I came to Newfoundland, 1972, and then back further than that to 1964 when I trusted Christ as my Savior, I realize that all that really matters in my life is the fact that on 1964, September 3rd, I accepted Christ as my Savior. I acknowledged my need as a sinner, and I realized I needed to know Christ. And I'm so happy tonight to say that I possess eternal life that we read about in, in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Can I ask you tonight, very directly, do you have eternal life? Is it yours tonight? You see, we're not offering you uh, just the, the hope of eternal life or the promise of eternal life. Yes, that's all there included, but it even goes further than that. It's an actual possession that you can lay hold of tonight and be sure that you have it, eternal life. I possess it tonight. And whenever I think about it, 
And as I grow older, I was saying this just the other day, I'm appreciating it more than ever. It seems to just come to my mind a lot more than it had in earlier years. The knowledge that I have eternal life, and I know where I'm going. What a peace. What a joy. It just settles my heart and my mind, and I can just commit everything into the hands of the Lord. Lord, you've seen me this far in life. Whatever happens, I know where I'm going. And whether I die quietly upon a bed somewhere at 85 or 90 years of age, or whether the Lord takes me on my way up the coast tomorrow morning, doesn't matter. I know what I have. I know I have eternal life. The problem with many tonight in the meeting, you have never stopped to think solemnly about where you're going to end your life. Isn't it something how we so quickly put thoughts out of our mind? You know, that was perhaps a neighbor, that was someone else, perhaps people around our own age or younger. Death suddenly overtakes them. And we never really stop and think that I may be next, that I may be the next one that everyone is talking about and shaking their heads and saying, well, you know, he didn't look his age. People have told me that since I came here. I don't look my age. Well, all they see is my face. <laughs> uh, they don't see the rest of me. I do look my age, and I feel my age. But you know, I could be the next one people will be talking about. Oh, you know, he looks so young, and now he's gone. And within a matter of days, I'll just be a memory. Now, there may be some here that look a little deeper, and they say, well, you know, he was in his 60s after all. We don't know, do we? Not one of us know when that moment is going to come in our lives. I remember a gospel tract I read as a boy called The Preacher of the Old School. I read it many times. Mr. Hector Alves, a preacher that has been in heaven now for many years, but he, I remember him preaching. He speaks about traveling on a train one Sunday afternoon with another Christian friend of his going somewhere for a meeting, and they're traveling along a train in British Columbia, and they got up to give out some gospel tracts. And they went from one seat to the next on the train as it was moving along, trying to give out gospel tracts. A lot of those people were going to picnics and an afternoon of pleasure, and they could hardly get anyone to take a gospel tract. They just didn't want to think about religion or about eternity or about their sin. And they sat down quite discouraged. But you know, as they were traveling along, suddenly the train came to an abrupt halt. The conductor came back. Everyone had to exit. Everyone had to get out. There had been an accident, and a young man had been run over by another train. And they had the place cordoned off with ribbon. And everybody had to walk around those ribbons and pass that body lying in the track to the next train on the other side. And they all walked past, got on the train. Mr. Elves turned to his friend. He said, let's try the tracks again. And they got up and they went from one seat to the next and one car to the next. And hardly a soul refused a gospel tract. Do you know why? A preacher, a louder preacher than I could be, had spoken to them. An old school preacher. Death. They'd looked on it. And it solemnized their hearts. And they began to realize that this is something I need to face. I remember just a few years ago reading, you read stories all the time, but reading about a man and his wife, 33 years of age. It was her birthday. And so they went to a restaurant and they sat down there at the table with the glass roof over a beautiful spot. And they're just having a romantic dinner, 33 years of age, enjoying each other's company. 
when down through that glass roof came an 800-pound slab of cement that fell off the 18th-story balcony, came right through the glass roof of that restaurant, and just like that, she was in eternity. Instant death. I read that story, and I, I just shook my head. I thought, how, how could this happen? Just out enjoying a birthday celebration, enjoying each other's company. One moment, laughing, talking, enjoying their food, and the next second, she's in eternity. Let me ask you what they asked the Lord Jesus. Do you think she was a greater sinner than you or I? Do you know what my Bible tells me? No, except you repent, you'll perish the same way. That woman may have been a Christian. I don't know. God doesn't play any favorites. And death is indiscriminate. It can strike any one of us at any time. That is why we have gospel meetings like this. Because we know you could be next. And if you're not saved, you're going to perish in your sins. You see, sin is the root cause of all of this trouble that we have in the world. Sin that is just pervasive. In every one of our lives, we know it exists. And it controls us. It enslaves us. But it's working in the world as well. In an indiscriminate way. That's why in 1 John, we read the whole world lieth in wickedness. And the effects of sin not only influence me as an individual, my own sin has an effect on me, but the sin of the whole world and the wickedness of the whole world can come against me at any moment. Through accident, through some communicable disease, through something that I have absolutely no control over whatsoever, it can come against me. Whether I'm a Christian or not, makes no difference. Doesn't that make sense to you? You see, God doesn't insulate Christians and guarantee that we're going to have a longer life and we're not going to ever have an accident. We're not going to ever get a disease. God doesn't do that. Mind you, Christians do tend to live a little longer because of their lifestyle. But when it comes to the other things, accidents, anything like that, God plays no favorites. He just allows it to run its course. And he says this very clearly. If you want to have eternal life, you need to repent and come to Christ. If you want to know for sure that your sins are forgiven, no matter what happens to you, you need to come to Christ. Now, can I ask you tonight, is there ever a time in your life when you have come to Christ? It never ceases to amaze me how people will just shrug off these things that happen all around them. Death, they can face it, they can hear about it. And the devil is doing so much today to try to take it off the minds of, of men and women, to, to blunt the reality of it. You know what they like to do now? They like to have their celebrations at funerals. They don't even want to call them funerals. A celebration of life. That's what everybody's saying now. We're going to celebrate this person's life. And they don't even want to talk about death. They don't want to talk about why death takes place. They don't want to talk about the, the wages that we read about in, in Romans chapter 6. For the wages of sin is death. They're always talking about minimum wage. Well, you know, when it comes to sin, there's no minimum wage. We all pay the maximum. Death. And it's the same for every one of us. Not one of us will escape unless the Lord comes. We're hoping and looking for that. But apart from the Lord's coming and rapture, every single one of us, are going to face death. 
but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, dear soul, in this meeting tonight, you are either going to face death and its eternal consequences of hell on the lake of fire, or you will face death with the gift of God in your possession, eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. A gift that he paid for. Paid for with his own precious blood. The most expensive gift that has ever been given. Some people give fantastically expensive gifts. They have the money to do it. And so they'll lavish on someone a, an expensive, costly gift. But let me tell you, no one ever paid a price like the Lord Jesus paid for the greatest gift that has ever been given to humanity. A gift that will never pass away or never perish. A gift that can never be taken away from you. Oh, I, I marvel sometimes when people think about eternal life taken away from them. Did you ever stop and think about what was given to the child of God when they trusted Christ? Have you ever stopped to, to think clearly about what they possess the moment they trust Christ? Eternal life. How do you take eternal life away from someone? I would like you to explain that to me. If you have an explanation, by all means, get my ear after the meeting and tell me what it is. How do you take eternal life away from someone once it's given? I can't figure it out. And I've stopped trying because I'm just happy to accept that what I have is going to last forever. And it comes right from the hand of God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Precious blood that was shed and the death that he died satisfied the claims of God against my sin. And that's what we're offering tonight. That's why we want you to face these realities, the reality of your sin, the reality of impending death, and acknowledge that you need God's salvation. Acknowledge that you deserve to die in your sins, but God is giving you eternal life. Take it, man, tonight. Woman in the meeting. Reach out and take what God is offering. Realize in your heart of hearts that it is the greatest gift that has ever been given to humanity. And it can be yours tonight. You can know for sure. You can have your sins forgiven. Stop arguing with yourself and with God about what's going to happen after you get saved and what am I going to have to do and, and how am I going to handle this and how am I going to handle that. Those things are so trivial. I don't know what, what you're thinking. It's eternal life or eternal death tonight. It's your soul. And you've lived many years on this earth already. And soon they're going to come to an end. Do you know what happens when you get a little older? I'm thinking about it a lot lately. Maybe a little too much. But I get to thinking, because my dad was 49 when he passed away. And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm always planning. I'm thinking about my grandchildren now. And I'm thinking about them getting older. And I'm thinking about plans for this year and maybe next year. And, and every so often it just hits me like a ton of bricks. Do you know what? I might not be here tomorrow. My grandchildren might never even know their poppy. Could all be over just in a moment of time. Do you ever think that way? Well, I don't dwell on it. But you know what always comes to me? At least I know where I'll be. At least I know that the moment my life is over... I start a new life in heaven with my Savior that's going to last forever. I already have it. 
I don't have to wait until I get there for the Lord to, to pass it to me and say, now, this is yours. He already did that. On September the 3rd, 1964, he gave it to me. Eternal life. I'm just going to move into a different sphere from this earth to the heavenly sphere to be with him forever. And I'm so glad tonight that it's all because of what Christ did on the cross of Calvary. I hope there's a soul in the meeting tonight and you'll just come to a halt in your life, face the reality of sin and death, and accept God's provision, eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, when life is over, do you have a life waiting for you in heaven? I'll ask another question. Do you have this eternal life here and now? You need it. As Mr. Jarvis has stressed, eternal life is not something you receive after you die. It's something you need to possess right now and that you take with you when death comes. He that believes on the Son has everlasting life. He that believes not the Son shall not see life but the wrath of God abides on him. Do you believe on the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as your own personal Savior? He has died for sin. Trust him today, won't you? If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at anchorpointradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering unto the name of the Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our Anchor Point website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. My name is Glenn Todd. Thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul.